Welcome back to the Deep Gripping Reality. I'm your host, Steve Edelman, and today we're going to be talking about imagination, magic, what that has to do with business, what that has to do with finding your passion, and how understanding how to capture the imagination of other people can make you an overall more successful person, whether it's in your social interactions, your professional interactions, overall, you will be more successful if you can learn to capture and hold people's imagination. And that is what today's deep dive is all about. Um, Without further ado, here's a quick word from our sponsor and then uh, the IGTV segment. Stay tuned after that for what I promise in the IGTV segment. Welcome to the Deep Gripping Reality. Thanks for tuning in. Hold tight. It's about to get deep. The stairway to success is not an escalator. There are no free rides. That's a Steveism right there. You can take that one to the bank, hand it to your banker, and they'll look at you and go, that's nice, how can I help you today? But you will have subliminally changed their life. They won't even know it. So, hey, I, I appreciate you tuning in. Sometimes this stuff is a little zany, a little crazy, but I promise it's all meant to uh, improve your life, to help uh, motivate you and inspire you and you know, trigger your imagination. And that's what today's show is about, is imagination. And now I feel like I gotta do the SpongeBob thing. Imagination. Yeah, that's the thing. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so here's the thing. When I was uh, about six years old, um, I saw my first magic uh, effect. Uh, my uncle Chuck um, did this thing. We were in my grandparents' driveway. I'll never forget this. And he pulled a quarter um, out from behind my ear. It's a, it's a pretty classic little sleight of hand thing. But then he kind of made it disappear again, and, and he pulled it out of his mouth. And it was I was fascinated. Like, I was just amazingly flabbergasted by this sorcery that had happened in front of me. Um, and he ended up, somebody, I want to say it was maybe him, but somebody bought me a little magic kit. And my grandparents and my parents humored me and watched me do a little magic show. And I'm sure it was terrible. I don't remember it, and there's no video of it, thank God. But, you know, it was terrible. Um, so I've always had a passion for magic. I do, I do uh, sleight of hand stuff with coins and cards. I do a lot of card magic. Um, and I've always done it as kind of a side hustle, a little side passion. Um, I, 99.9% of the time, I have a deck of cards on me. Um, because when my hands, or when I, as a guy with ADD, um, you know, when those fidget spinners came out and became popular for five seconds, while other people were messing with fidget spinners, I was messing with a deck of cards. I was doing cardistry and stuff. And I would do it while I was on the bus on my way to classes um, at Iowa State. And, you know, I, because I figured if I can control these cards and manipulate these cards and do flourishes and flashes, or without doing flashes, rather, uh, on a bus that's moving and packed full of people, then I can do then I can do it sitting still. And I was right. My hands got really good at that stuff. Um, do I do it professionally? Not even a little bit. I have. I've done shows, done charity shows for, I did a charity show for um, uh, Marshalltown Community College. They have this pumpkin jamboree they do every year about this time. 
and uh, they paid me in flash paper, which if you don't know what that is, you should Google it, but uh, I, <laughs> I, they gave me a boatload of flash paper. I'll never need more in my life. Um, and then the next year they're like, hey, we can actually pay you. We'll pay you a few hundred dollars. And I had to turn them down because I had classes, night classes. But it's something that I enjoy doing uh, as a side thing. And I do it so often that I had a YouTube channel where I go into um, like Casey's re or, or restaurants. Casey's is a gas station for those of you unfamiliar, uh, various restaurants. And I would do it for the people working there, um, fast food places, uh, Subway. And it was to entertain them because I knew their night sucked. They were dealing with, with all kinds of idiots and jerks and nice people sometimes. But I thought I'd do it whenever that we died down, I'd do a magic trick and I'd have somebody video it. And I started throwing that on YouTube. And the reason that I did that is because doing magic tricks in front of perfect strangers, especially ones, what I like to do is really I would challenge myself to come up with an effect that I'd be like, you know what would be cool is if I could do this. You know what, I could do that. How would I do that? Yeah, I could do that. And then without practicing it, I'd go into a Casey's and I'd do it. And it would work like 99% of the time. And having that extra pressure on myself in that moment, I think is what made those tricks successful. But the real fun part was, it wouldn't just have one like sleight of hand move, no. There'd be usually three secrets minimum to each effect that I would do. And the reason for that was if they figured out one part of the trick, the whole trick wasn't ruined. I'd be like, great, so how'd I do the rest? You know what I mean? And because you never know what your audience, there's a couple different kinds of audience members. There's those who'd be like, oh, this is how you did that. And those are the douchebags nobody likes. And then it's, uh, and, and you go, hey, good eye. And then you move on. There's those who actually just enjoy the speculation. And then there's those who don't know how you did it. And because you broke their brain for a moment and the logical side of them knows that a supernatural thing didn't just happen, that imagination uh, is not something they're willing to succumb to, the, the um, suspension of disbelief. And I, I, I think these are the same kind of people who probably talk in movie theaters, but they will continue to harass you until you tell them how it's done. And, and what I've learned is, I can't tell you that secret, but let me show you something that kind of illustrates how I do it. And then I just transition to a completely different effect that has nothing to do with the first one. And usually by that time, they, they move on. So what's the point of talking about magic on a uh, podcast and a um, IGTV channel that is pretty much dedicated to business. And that is actually a sales thing. So the number one fear in the world, they teach you this in college by the way, number one fear in the world is public speaking. People would rather do all kinds of crazy shit than talk to somebody in public or talk to a group of people in public. Um, so if you can master that skill and build that confidence, you'll do better not only in a public speaking environment, but one-on-one -on -one when you're doing interviews for jobs you want, when you're talking to clients, when you're doing big presentations for clients. If you can understand your material and feel so proficient in what you're doing, you come across as a more professional person and more confident and more likable and more knowledgeable, okay? And so the, the best part about a magic effect isn't the trick itself. That's simple, it takes a couple seconds. If I just walk up and do a trick, you go, oh, neat. But if I build suspense, build a story, build something behind it, it's mind-boggling. And that's the part that captures the imagination. And inside all of us, there's still that little kid that has imagination. That's why, you know, you may grow up and, and love to read books, but you're using your imagination. You're triggering parts of your brain. You may love to listen to podcasts, but you're imagining what those people look like, okay? The imagination is a strong thing and it lives within all of us. And that's why I like magic stuff. That's why I've always loved magic tricks is because 
It's about capturing people's imagination, capturing their attention, then capturing their imagination of what could be. And when you can get them to a point where they go, you know what, I know that's not possible. Maybe it is magic. That's cool. That's really, really cool. And the funny part about that is, as a magician, especially if you're a true magician, um, all of the best will tell you, they don't have supernatural powers. Spidey Hypnosis is a good example. You can look him up on YouTube. Um, uh, my, one of my favorite guys right now, and has been for a while, is a guy named Eric Jones. I respect the hell out of this man. He's a dude that, not until like he was in his 30s, like my age, did he get into magic. He had a completely different life before he got into, and like professionally. <laughs> and now, he's one of the biggest names in magic. The guy does coin magic that's, that I haven't seen the likes of since Tommy Nelson Downs, who, um, you should look him up. He's, he was, he's one of the granddaddies of coin magic, sleight of hand magic. His best friend was a little guy named Harry Houdini. I could do a whole podcast on just those guys. And maybe, I'll tell you what, pop over to, um, to anchor.fm slash TGDR um, and keep watching because usually when I record these, a few days later, I'll upload this voice, this audio segment with a lot of bonus stuff. So in the bonus stuff, I'll get into who Tommy Nelson Downs was and why he's a big deal. But back to Eric Jones. Eric Jones is somebody that I respect the ever-living hell out of because this guy, he's been on Penn and Teller Fool Us. He's been on America's Got Talent. I mean, this guy is huge and he's awesome and he's super cool, super approachable. He did a live stream uh, or a live thing on... Um, on Instagram and was like interacting with people, taking questions just out of the blue, like so insanely approachable. Um, and I've got a great story that I'll tell about him. Um, I'm in contact with him. He and I actually talk um, and I, I'm in the process of trying to get him to be a guest on this show. So that would be fucking rad. Excuse my language, but it would be. That'd be awesome. Um, Conklin Morgan, he's an up and coming magician and um, hypnosis, uh, 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 like comedian, hypno, hypnot, bleh. Hypnosis comedian. Anyway, um, he's in Vegas. He's a big deal. So all of these guys got their professional start in magic a little bit later. And now they're the biggest names and they're making plenty of money and they're getting booked all over the world. It's a big deal. So, you know, they're making money capturing people's attention, capturing their imagination. I mean, that's why we go to movies is so we can suspend our disbelief and enjoy ourselves, you know? Capturing imagination is the key to success, I think, in a lot of arenas. In fact, if you want to sell somebody something, um, John, Professor John Wong, who is uh, one of, he's, he's a dean's professor from Iowa State University for marketing. He's a fantastic guy. He really cares. He teaches personal selling. And one of the things that he really implants in his students is this concept that you are not selling the adult. You're capturing the imagination of the child inside of that adult. And if you can get them to imagine using, using your product or service in an enjoyable way, then they'll, they'll, they won't want it, they'll need it. And they'll, they'll, they'll desire working with you. And so, you know, you have to try and figure out what's, what makes people tick, tell them a story that they really are gonna enjoy, it's a very selfless thing, and then perform the magic to make them see, visualize in their mind how it's gonna turn out. And if they, if they do the thing that you're asking them to do. So, you know, magicians are liars and manipulators, but they use their superpower for good. Think about that for a minute. Like, when, as a magician, here's the biggest secret in magic that, that nobody wants you to know. And this may actually turn uh, Eric and Conklin and, and, you know, any other magicians that I know that, that would have been on the show. This might turn them away, but I'm going to say it. And I hope that they'll just agree with me. As a magician and you're my spectator, 
You only see what I want you to see, when I want you to see it, if I want you to see it, how I want you to see it. So I'm gonna say that one more time, I'm gonna change it around a little bit. You see only what I want you to see, when I want you to see it, how I want you to see it, but only if I want you to see it. Otherwise, you don't see it. Free choice and free will in a magic trick is uh, an illusion. It's not a thing. Uh, there is so much control and redundancies in a good magic effect that, you know, you don't want to know how the sausage is made when you're seeing a magic trick because it takes away all of that wonder. It takes away all of the fun. So anyway, this, is, uh, this has been a long enough rant, I think, on, on magic and, and how it correlates to sales and business and um, that sort of thing. And I'm doing this all as kind of an introduction because I'm really hoping to get Eric on the show. And I think that, uh, that it'd, be, it'd be a great get. I really do. I think that you guys would love his story. Um, it's all about pursuing your passion and pursuing your dreams. I mean, your brain isn't fully developed 100% until you're 21 years old. That's, that's scientifically proven, right? And yet you're you're supposed to make decisions about the rest of your life before that so i mean don't be surprised if you don't find your passion until later um it took it, i i didn't find my passion until i was about 33 34 and it was in marketing um and aside from magic obviously so you know you don't give up your passion's out there and there's a way to make it lucrative so thanks for tuning in guys and uh, make sure you check out the podcast i'm going to give it to you again it's anchor.fm slash tdgr you'll get some extra bonus content um, and this this video will be posted probably well usually before at least four days before the actual full podcast so you're getting a sneak peek right now enjoy um, thanks again for tuning in if you like this content please give it a share Okay, so that was the IGTV segment. So for those of you unfamiliar or new to the podcast, the IGTV segment is something that we include um, because I record an IGTV video uh, on my drive to work and then I upload that to Instagram as a sneak peek at what this podcast is going to be all about. And then I extract the audio, put it into the podcast, and now that's how you got to where you are right now. That being said, in the uh, IGTV segment, I promised... Um, some talk about T. Nelson Downs. Uh, here's a little history lesson for you. If you don't know who Harry Houdini is, then you uh, are not really a magic fan and you need to, you need to get woke, son. No, uh, you need to figure out who that is because Harry Houdini was a, one of the most influential magicians, is still one of the most influential magicians in the world. He was um, popular in the turn of the, 19, uh, of the, of the 20th century, uh, early 1900s. Okay, so uh, there was a guy named Tommy Nelson Downs, T. Nelson Downs as he was known. Uh, he was known as the King of Coins, spelled with K's, and he was an insanely brilliant businessman. But he had these really small hands, uh, and he worked in a place called Marshalltown, Iowa, or just outside of it. Um, and he worked, I believe, on the railroad. And he sat in an office and was fidgeting with coins and realized just how good he was with these magical effects. And he would do them in, in uh, classes and things like that too, in his actual class when he was a student. But people thought it was such a waste of time and that he'd never go anywhere with it. So one day he decided to say, screw it. And he went on the road with his magic act. And he came up, he started marketing himself as the king of coins. His, he would have these amazing uh, promotional posters hand-painted um, for his different shows. Um, that he would take with him as promotional art. And in the Marshalltown Historical uh, Society's museum, 
they actually have one of these pieces, it's brilliant, it's beautiful, and frankly, it's uh, the most valuable piece that they have in their entire historic collection, so that says a lot. But Tommy uh, got famous because he went, he was able to palm, in other words, hide in his palms like 60 or 80 or 40, something, just a, literally dozens and dozens of coins in his hands, walk on the stage with him, and you would not know he had a single one in his hand. They wouldn't make a single sound, and he would pull them out of the air um, over and over again. Uh, he had this, his most famous effect was called the miser's dream, which was where he came in wearing a hat, he took the hat off, and then showed it empty, and then just pulled coin after coin after coin after coin and dropped them into this hat and then poured out the hat to show that there was boatloads of coins in there. And he would let them inspect the hat beforehand so they could see that there was no hidden compartments or anything. And this guy was just really, really brilliant. And he ended up being good friends with a guy named Harry Houdini, who uh, was once qu is quoted as saying, the only thing wrong with Tommy is that his name was in lights before me. So this guy performed for, um, the, for royalty over in the UK, um, for, I mean, he traveled the world and he was, he was Iowa's favorite son for a long time and now he's all but forgotten outside of the magic world and so those who are magicians who are truly sleight of hand magicians know and respect Tommy Nelson Downs you're not even considered a real magician unless you have uh, one of his books like modern coin manipulation in your library um, and what's amazing is if you go on YouTube and you search for him you can actually find like a five-minute video of actual black and white early footage with no sound obviously of him a after he retired as an old man doing magic tricks he pulls like five or ten coins out of this little girl's armpit um, he makes them disappear pulls them out on the palm of his hand just shows some amazing dexterity so Tommy retired at like the ripe age of like 35 super young with what accounts to about 14 million dollars in today's money he opened a thing called the lyric theater which the graphic for this episode, if you've seen it, uh, is a piano with cards in it. Now, I did that for two reasons, and one of them is kind of selfish. I've mentioned in previous podcasts that I like to dabble on the piano. I don't know what I'm doing, but I make it sound good. I, may, I fake it well, and it's a good stress reliever. But also, the cards are about this episode, all about magic and capturing imagination. Well, and, and another thing Tommy was good at, by the way, he would, he would go into the, he would be like camping or hanging out with his friends, and he'd like walk up to a tree and pluck coins from the leaves, which is crazy. But anyway, I digress, sorry. The point is, that graphic also plays to vaudeville. You see, he played these vaudeville shows, and people loved vaudeville at the time. It was, it was theater, but it was dramatic, and there was piano music, and it was, it was awesome, and that's what was big. But Tommy saw this new thing called motion pictures, and the, the magic that is, is possible with it, and his, his buddy Harry ended up becoming a movie star um, for a long time because he saw it too but when he tried to bring vaudeville to magic or to, to marshalltown rather when he retired he opened this theater and not vaudeville i'm sorry he tried to bring movie moving pictures and he was ahead of his time nobody got it they wanted vaudeville so he ended up turning the lyric theater into a vaudeville theater um and you know when he retired he had this big magic show essentially that was thrown for him and people from all around the world came to marshalltown and um, Harry Houdini's wife, Harry had passed away at that point, but Harry's wife ended up coming um, to Marshalltown. And in, in fact, to this day, if you go to Marshalltown, Iowa, middle of nowhere, they have this historic, historic building uh, that has a place called Zeno's Pizza. Massive pizza, lots of cheese, really unique. They're not a franchise, it's a unique place. It, it's full of history. But wrapped around the side and back of that building is a giant, beautiful art mural. 
and uh, right behind where Zeno's is, there's a big mural of the Lyric Theater, and it says T. Nelson Down, King of Coins, and it's Tommy Down sitting there with his arm around Harry Houdini. And uh, it's a really, really cool nod that a lot of even Marshalltownians don't know about. And this man is actually buried in the Marshalltown Cemetery. And to this day, it says, T. Nelson Down, King of Coins. To this day, if you go to his grave, people have left quarters and coins as a sign of respect to the master of, of coin magic. And so it's, it's a really cool and interesting piece of history, I think. I've always said that if I make it big, and when, not if, when I make it big, I will uh, commission a um, statue to be made of Tommy doing his famous um, Downs Palm technique and um, hopefully have it placed in the place where his, uh, where his apartment complex was, where his house was, um, and maybe even maybe where the theater is, I don't know, but there was. But it's a cool piece of history. I, I'm a big fan of, I'm a sucker for history. Um, Marshalltown is rich with it and I, I'm, I'm very passionate about the history of my town. So I wanted to share that with you. Um, again, if you don't know who T. Nelson Down is, Downs was, look him up. Uh, it's really, really cool. Oh, and here's the business side of it that I think you guys will really love. So before business cards were really a thing, um, obviously I mentioned his marketing skills. He'd have these huge paintings commissioned of him, you know, that were basically uh, essentially mini billboards. But here's the real brilliant thing. He had custom coins with, that were the size of a Kennedy half dollar made. Um, and these coins were designed to be lightweight that, to fit perfectly in his hand and um, he, they could slide together and they wouldn't make a lot of noise. But here's what's great about that. He, would ha he had three different coins made and you could tell which coin they were because on the picture, it, it, on the coin, one side was his hand and it said, or it was his face and it said T. Nelson Downs um, palming coin. On the other side, it had his hand with a ton of coins in it. But on the cuff, it either had the word domestic, foreign, or demon. Now, I've never seen the demon coins. They exist. I've seen pictures of them. I don't know what they were for, but from what I understand, the foreign coins were ones that he would do when he was traveling overseas. He'd take those. The domestic coins were when he was in the U.S., and he would give them out after shows um, as a token of appreciation for coming to the show and as, a, as an early business card. Yeah, there's no contact information, but you would have that keepsake. So I found uh, um, five of these coins on eBay for 10 bucks a piece, and I snagged them up. And so one of them I gave to the, uh, to the Marshall County Historical Museum. Um, they already had one of his coins, so I gave him a second one that was in nearly perfect condition. The second one I, uh, I gave to the uh, cemetery because the cemetery has their own file on him and it's another piece of history. I, I keep one in my wallet at all times, and then the other two I keep are in mint condition. They are in little coin case coverings and they will go to my children uh, at some point because I think it's cool. You gotta pass down history. So um, I could talk about this all day, but this is already a pretty damn long podcast. Thank you for tuning in, folks. Stay tuned because the best is yet to come. I'm really proud to say that I think that the content of these episodes gets better with every new episode, with every new thing that I learn and every new trick that I hack for podcasting. Um, so if you like this content, do me a favor, leave me a voice message. Tell me what you think. I'll feature you on the podcast if it's appropriate. And hey, you might even be the inspiration for a whole subject of a podcast, but it's a great promotion for you. And if you'd like to be a guest on my podcast, I'd love to have you reach out either via um, Instagram, uh, where I'm the deep gripping reality, and I believe it's Instagram.com slash TDGR. I'm on Facebook, same type of thing. And of course, anywhere that you can find your major podcasts. Thanks again for uh, tuning in, folks. And until next time, dig deep, my friends.